You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, 12s? This is Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 7. I'm Michael Bumpus along with NASA Choby. And like we usually do, let's check out the injury updates before we get into this thing. Thanks, Bump. Well, uh, bad news. Uh, safety Lano Hill was placed on injured reserve with a back injury that's kept him out the past three games. Filling a spot will be veteran safety Demarius Randall. Now, Randall, you guys will remember, was activated the last two weeks from the practice squad and was active in the last two ball games, but now has an official spot on the 53-man roster. The Seahawks also added a pair of veteran linebackers to the practice squad, signing Michael Kendricks, a 14-game starter for the Seahawks last season, and Ray Ray Armstrong, an eight-year veteran who's appeared in 84 games during his career. Now, in terms of the other injuries, the Seahawks are in relatively good shape when it comes to that. The bye week definitely helped out on that front. So Pete Carroll stepped to the podium and provided some updates on the status of Jordan Brooks as well as Jamal Adams. Jordan is at practice. Uh, we'll be at practice today, and uh, Jamal will hold out. Um, we need more information there. Uh, so, and, and each one of these are just one day at a time. See what happens, and then see what happens the next day. Uh, how guys, re- you know, return. So, um, I, I, we won't really know anything till later in the week. What more information are you seeking regarding Jamal's injury? Uh, whether he's full speed or not. All right, Bob, and before we get going, just a reminder, the Pete Carroll Show on Cairo Radio and 710 ESPN, your home for the Seattle Seahawks, and the Pete Carroll Show, here from the Seahawks head coach on Cairo Radio, Blue Fridays at 815 and 1215. And don't miss Pete Carroll on 710 ESPN Seattle at 930, the morning after the game with Danny Gallant and Michael Bumpus. But it is week seven, and the Seahawks got the Arizona Cardinals coming up. Who's next? Who's next? It is the Arizona Cardinals. They are four and two second place place in the NFC West. Now they have wins against San Francisco week one, the Washington football team week two, couple losses in between to the Carolina Panthers and Detroit Lions, and then finish it off with the Jets and the Dallas. Nass, I look at this schedule and I'm like, are there wins and losses? That first week against San Fran, we're like, oh man, Arizona Cardinals, they, right. they might be nice. They beat San Fran. And then you kind of look where San Fran is now. There's a They stumbled a bit towards the middle of their, their schedule, the first five or six games. But the last game, they seem like they're getting back on track. How do you feel about that win? Is that an impressive win to you, that, that Niners game? I mean, looking at it now, the Niners are 3-3. Three and three. The first one, actually, I still think was an impressive win because that was before the Niners completely fell off the wagon with all those injuries. That was before yeah. everyone went down. That was before Bosa went down, Thomas went down, Sherman went down, Kittle was gone for a little bit of time before Garoppolo went down. So it was a good start for them, so I still value that win. The Washington football team, will, <laughs> the NFC East is a dumpster fire. I'll just call it like Goodness it is. Gracious. So that that's not a great win. Detroit has been struggling, so that's actually a bad loss. Carolina's okay. They're kind of middle of the pack in the NFC the Jets are what they are, but bomb man, Monday night was Ooh-wee. an absolute beatdown against Dallas for 60 minutes all game long. In the shotgun formation is Kyler Murray, who is the number one overall pick out of Oklahoma. At his own 20, 
Here's the snap. Fake handoff. Drops back further. Got a block from the center. Winds up. Long pass. Oh, he's got Kirk. Lunging catch at the 40. And the number's the 30. Chase to the 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown, Arizona. 80-yard bomb. What a catch. Christian Kirk takes it to the house. And the Cardinals are stunning the Cowboys 20 to nothing. Now, that was the 80-yard bomb. Nice play. Kyler Murray drops a dime, but it was really all about the turnovers this game. The Cowboys had four, two interceptions and two fumbles by Ezekiel Elliott. And when you turn the ball over, you just put your offense, your whole team, and just your defense, your offense, your special teams, everyone is put in compromising situations. Cowboys cannot execute at all. You got Andy Dalton in the game. I heard somebody say, I'm not even going to say his name, but someone who has a big voice on ESPN said that they might be better with Andy Dalton. And I might have texted you. I might have tweeted about it. And I'm just like, you must be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on now. Come on. Dak Prescott was playing at, I mean, not quite the level Russell is, but he was right there. He was in the MVP conversation, how well he was playing. That's a joke. I mean, here's the deal. Andy Dalton is not a terrible quarterback. He was good in Cincinnati for a certain amount of years, got them to the playoffs all, uh, you know, five years in a row. So this isn't a knock on Andy Dalton. This is more about, are you kidding me? Dak Prescott is their franchise quarterback, and they are not the same team without him, and it showed on Monday night. It showed on Monday night. Here's the drive chart. Cowboys, punt, punt, fumble, fumble, punt, field goal, interception, missed field goal, interception, touchdown, and then turnover on downs. They just couldn't get anything going. And Kyler Murray didn't even play his best game. 9-24, 188 yards, two passing touchdowns, ran for 74 yards, had one rushing touchdown. This guy has six rushing touchdowns in the league. I believe that's second. Kyler didn't play his best game, yet they smacked down the Cowboys. No, no question about it. And the thing about it, too, is like, when you can beat a team 38 to 10 when your starting quarterback goes 9 of 24, I mean, you're doing something right. And the Cowboys, they had four turnovers. They really should have had five. Uh, they dropped an interception late. So, I mean, it was just a beatdown from start to finish. But, Bump, the one question I have for you is do you think what we saw on that game was more about Arizona making plays and taking that game or more about Dallas just shooting himself in the foot and not getting out of their own way? Uh, it was more about Dallas. You fumbled the ball twice. Ezekiel Elliott, he's the one who's supposed to kind of lead the charge now that Dak Prescott is gone. He fumbles the ball twice. You're setting yourself up for failure. And then just Andy Dalton, he was forced to throw the ball a bunch of times because they were down. I just don't think he was ready for this moment. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think he was ready. Kenyon Drake, he balled out, though. He had 164 rushing yards on 20 carries and two touchdowns. One went for 69 yards. I had to look this up. These guys are like top five in rushing in the NFL this year. I didn't even realize the Cardinals were running the ball that well this year. Well, that's the thing. No one would think about that with Cliff Kingsbury as your head coach and what they do and coming from the air raid background and Texas Tech and Mike Leach and all that stuff. You never think about running the football, but they can run the pill now. I mean, their their offense, their total offense is they're getting 402 yards a game, so they're fifth in the NFL in total offense, and then they're fourth, like you mentioned, in, in rush offense, getting 161 yards on the ground per game. And obviously that's Kenyon Drake, and it's also Kyler Murray doing his thing on the ground. Kyler Murray doing his thing. He is dangerous. I was on Danny and Gallant, and I made a bold statement. I say, man, Kyler might be the most talented quarterback in the league. Not the best, Ooh. not stat-wise. I'm looking at the way he runs in his arm. I asked Brock Heward. He goes, nah, bump. I don't think so, but I can see why you could think that. He scares me. I'm like, look, he can. when it comes to running the ball as a quarterback, Lamar is the best. Right. Who's second? It has to be Kyler Murray. 
when it comes to arm strength and arm talent, obviously Pat Mahomes is the best, but I think Kyler can throw any, any route, any ball on the football field. He can get it done too. There are guys who have strong arms. I just look at what he presents and it's going to be a challenge. You have to contain this guy. Like I mentioned, he has six rushing touchdowns as a quarterback. They have design runs for this dude. You have to rally to the football. You have to wrap this guy up. No, Kyler, and the, and the thing about it that scares you is, like you said, he might not be playing consistent football at the moment every week to week, but his talent, his skill set, and it's his burst too. I mean, when you watch him yeah. run the football, I mean, when he gets out, he puts his foot in the ground and goes. It's it's a long time. It's a long day for your defense. You might need to have a QB spy to try to keep him in check. Kind of reminds you of a young Russell Wilson, 2012, yep. 13, 14. So Kyler's definitely fun to watch. All right, let's look at a couple of these numbers. Total defense, the Cardinals are 13th. The Hawks are 32nd. Rush defense, the Hawks are 7th. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are 17th. This is where the Hawks have to shine again. They have to be the 7th-ranked rush defense in the NFL to contain these guys. And we didn't even mention the guys on the outside. I mean, you still got Hopkins out there, Isabella, Kirk. I, I said, I think I tweeted the other day that they might have the fastest receiving core in the NFL, but then obviously Twitter claps back and they're like, hold on, Bob, you still got DK 4-3, you got Lockett 4-4, you have Dorsett 4-3. I'm like, all right, okay. But they are definitely, definitely in the conversation. Now, penalties. Arizona Cardinals are the most penalized mm. team in the NFL. They need to keep that rolling for these Hawks. Yeah, they've been penalized 49 times this year for 368 yards. And, you know, mm. typically over the years, even as good the best teams Pete Carroll had, the Seahawks have usually been a pretty high uh, penalized team. This year, they're about middle of the pack. They only got 23 penalties for 169 yards. And I think you can chalk that up to a lot of fewer penalties on the offensive line than we've had in past years. Hey, they're clean. They're cleaning it up. All right, let's get to know this team versus the Seahawks and know your history. Know your history. So these teams have a long history together. This is going to be the 43rd meeting between two clubs. The Seahawks narrowly holding that lead advantage 21 to 20 and 1. I hate that stupid one because I remember that tie, that <laughs> Sunday night football game in 2016 because it just ruins all the record books and it's always going to be there. But it happened. But uh, honestly, it's about the road team in this matchup. So Seattle has not lost at Arizona since 2012. Russell Wilson's first career game. So they hold a 6-0-1 record in the last seven meetings in Phoenix. Unfortunately, on the flip side, Arizona is somehow one of the few teams that has consistently found success up in Seattle, carrying a 5-2 and two record in its last seven trips to the Pacific Northwest. That's odd. Mm-hmm. They're one of the few teams. Them and the Rams are the few teams that come in here. They don't care about the 12s. They don't care about CenturyLink if it's raining, what if it's cloudy outside. Something about this team allows them to play well. So if we're going off of history, we're trying to know our history. We're learning mm-hmm. about this thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hawks got it, baby. You just go down to Arizona, get it done, and come back with a dub. That's what they do. They handle their business down there. The last meeting, we don't need to talk about it much. The Seahawks lost at CenturyLink last December. It was a tough day because we lost Chris Carson, CJ Procise, Dwayne Brown in play. But the only caveat is we did get to see Beast Mode for a couple more games in a Seahawks uniform. But as we said, it's all about the road game, and the Seahawks are in Arizona, so we're looking forward to them getting it done this weekend. Get it done in Glendale, fellas. Let's check up on the NFC West and what's the word in the West. Where my soldiers at? West side! Where my soldiers at? West side! And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hot Talk? What's the word in the West? I'll tell you what the word is. Hawks are 5-0. and 
Rams are four and two. Corners are four and two. Frisco is three and three. NFC West is still proving to be the best division in football. And it was looking shaky for a minute just because of uh, the 49ers. We didn't know what to expect with the 49ers. They have a bunch of injuries. Um, they battled back three losses, but they're still in the mix. This is still the toughest division in football. No, and the numbers backed it up. So the NFC West uh, has the most wins as a combined division, The NF- and the NFC at 16, or excuse me, the NFL at 16. Uh, the next closest division is AFC North with 15. And just a reminder about how good this division is and how the gap between some of the other divisions, the NFC East, their combined win total is mm. five. That's how many the Seahawks have. (laughs) That is four teams. That's Dallas, Philly, Washington. I mean, come on now. The Giants. So this division is definitely one of the best in the league or the best division league in our opinion. The numbers back that up. And uh, really, since the Seahawks were playing the Cardinals, the only game that we have to look back on was the Rams and 49ers last Sunday night. Rams and 49ers, man. Jimmy G, man, he impressed me. He bounced mm-hmm. back. He, he impressed me. You know, after being pulled against Miami, Jimmy bounced back. He had 268 yards passing, three touchdowns, and most importantly, no interceptions. Now, he was able, I feel like he was able to execute because he got his boys back. He got George Kittle back. Debo Samuel was out there. Mostert was out there for most of the game. He got banged up. He's on IR now. But he was able to execute plays that he likes, those crossing patterns, those five to 10 yards. Those, um, as Paul Moria would say, those inside number mm-hmm. numbers, tight routes. If you ask him to do the things that he's good at, he's an all right quarterback. You just can't ask him to go on 17 play drives, throw the ball deep, roll out, hit the sideline. That's just not his game. No, it's not his game. Like you mentioned, Paul talks about it all the time. He's not going to, he's not going to hurt you outside the numbers. He's not like Russell Wilson. He's not going to kill you on these deep routes. He's going to do his damage underneath all those crossing routes you mentioned. But yeah, he, he played well and the protection was well for him. But tell me, you know what I don't get though, Bump? I, I can't figure out the Rams, man. So they're four and two. <laughs> we know they're talented. We know we have some yeah. of the best players in the league, but honestly, I just can't figure them out because they're up and down. I feel like they play down to their competition at times. They will always play the Seahawks top no matter what. I don't care if they're 0 yeah. 15 or they're 15 and 0, but I just can't put a finger on them, man. Me either, man. And Jared Goff, sometimes he looks like a really good quarterback and then he looks average. He was 19 for 38, 198 yards, two touchdowns. And one pick. Not a horrible game, but he'll put up some some godly numbers one week, and then he'll look just really average on other weeks. I wonder what the chemistry is like as of now between him and McVay. I'm, I'm sure the relationship is fine, but when I see a quarterback go 19 for 38 um, and play the way that he's played, um, it leads me to wonder what conversations are like with him and McVay because that honeymoon period is gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they came out and they were doing whatever they wanted to do, Todd, Todd Gurley was doing his thing. Now it was like, McVay, you got a coach. And Jared Goff, you have to lead. And I just don't see a really solid leader in Jared Goff. Good football player. Not knocking him. Better have he's in the top 15 quarterbacks in the league for sure. But um, leadership means a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. And, and there'll be times where you just leave your scratch in your head. It'll be throws. And you'll be like, you are way too talented to be making that throw. So it's 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 bizarre. We know how involved Sean McVay is with their offense. We know he's a genius when it comes to calling plays. But, yeah, man, they, they got to figure it out. It's going to be – they're going to be an interesting team to watch as the season goes along, especially because of what this division's like. And the next five weeks are going to be incredibly difficult for the Seahawks. But you know what? We're focusing on the Arizona Cardinals. It's time to man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. 
Well, Mom, there's one guy. We've already mentioned him a lot, but you can't look past this because everything the Cardinals do begins and ends with this guy, Kyler Murray, going up against that Seahawks defense, man. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Inconsistent at times, but always a threat. Like mentioned, well, we didn't mention this, but he's 135 for 205, 1,487 yards, 10 touchdowns, and six picks. But the way he can hurt you the most. Now, he only has 370 rush yards, but it's crucial. It's on third downs. It's when plays break down. There's no defense for a guy who is just faster than everybody on the football field. No, there's not. And I'm watching film against Dallas. The thing that jumps off the page is how explosive he is and how quick he is because they'll do a ton of stuff, right? I think Kingsbury is very creative in his play calls, but, like, you look at their design runs. They'll, they'll spread you out. They'll go one back in the backfield. And then he'll take he'll take one step, boom, put that foot in the ground, and he is gone. And there'll be times where you're like, oh, you got the angle on him, but he'll get out there for 10 yards, burn you on third and 10, whatever it is. So he's incredibly dynamic and talented, and he's going to scare you on some of those design QB draws. I think you have to put pressure on him. He showed last week that he can be inconsistent. Nine for 24, I think the number mm-hmm. was, and he's falling off of his throws. Mechanically, he has some things to work on. I spoke to Brock Heward. And that was his thing. He said he has a long windup. He says it takes a long time for him to get the ball out. But if he's on point, if he's seeing, if he's believing what he's seeing, he's good. I broke down film for this guy. If you want to play zone defense against him, what they're going to do is Kingsbury's going to put a guy in motion so Kyler Murray can identify if his man or not. And you got to watch Larry in the slot. It's crazy how Larry went from this outside receiver and transformed in his old days to this slot guy. And when you have a guy who really understands what defenses are doing, um, it helps a quarterback like Kyler Murray, he has a safety blanket when it comes to that, to that short stuff, and he can still let that thing rip and take you over the top. No, and like you mentioned, Kyler Murray, he's he's not playing at a 100% consistent level, but he really has improved a lot from year one to year two. And uh, we talked to Coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury on the conference call this morning, and he talked about that exactly that, how Kyler Murray has really improved going into second year. Definitely has a better understanding of our um, scheme, what we're trying to accomplish. I think the number one thing I've seen is how he's reduced the negative plays. We took quite a, a few uh, unnecessary sacks last year, just trying to do too much, trying to extend plays, which is part of his game. But you got to know when, when the party's over and when to throw it away and, and not take that negative play on first and second down. And that's really helped us offensively. So, Bump. How does he compare? I know it's like an easy comparison, right? Because he's a smaller quarterback. He's African-American. He can scramble. He has, has athletic. He has a great arm strength. But how does he compare to Russell Wilson? I think at this point of his career, Russell was better. One, he had a better defense behind him. That's always going to help. All about the run. That's going to help as well. And mechanically, Russell, Russell's always seemed like a technician when it comes to his mechanics. Shoulders are level. Always has a good base easy follow through with Kyler Murray. He is so physically talented. And I'm going to say this physically more talented than Russell Wilson, but Russell is such a technician with his consistency, his delivery, um, that that's what makes him makes him better at this point in his career, his second year in the NFL. Um, But Kyler has maybe bigger playability at this moment in his career because he has a DeAndre Hopkins. He has a, uh, an offensive coordinator who's going to allow him to throw the football. When Russell, his second year game manager, hey, hand the ball off, uh, let's run these quick games. So he wasn't really allowed to flourish. Uh, but uh, they're similar because of all the things that you just mentioned. But there's no comparison, man. Russell Wilson. I mean, you <laughs> You can't compare anybody to Russell Wilson right now. Pat Mahomes is in the mix, yes, but it just looks different. It feels different. Russell is just on a different planet. 
Russell is who he is. And honestly, Kyler Murray, obviously, he's worked his tail off. He uh, balled out at Oklahoma, never lost a game in high school in Texas. But if there's no Russell Wilson, there's no Kyler Murray, straight up. I mean, he doesn't get drafted number one overall with his height and his – no, not at all. So, both good quarterbacks, but definitely Kyler Murray owes his respects to number three for sure. Yes, he does. And the next matchup we're looking at, talking about number three, is Russell Wilson versus this Cardinal defense. Now, he is the best player in the league right now. He's 123 for 169, 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, and just three interceptions. 19 and I'm gonna touchdowns. Say, what's that? 19 touchdowns. Oh, I'm sorry. 19 touchdowns. 19, just three interceptions. And one of those was his fault, I feel. Mm-hmm. Other two, you can give that to, to the recipient. But he's playing like an MVP, and he is the one guy that I feel like no matter what is happening – is the same. He's level-headed the whole time. I've heard him on Bill Simmons, I believe. Is that the podcast yep. he was just on? I got my son reading his book about just thinking neutral right now. Uh, that stuff works. I wasn't able to think neutral. If it was bad, wow. I'm like, man, this is bad. How can we get out of it? If it was good, I'm like, man, we balling. We better keep it up. Right. I could never just be like, all right, we're gonna. right, I'm going to stay the same the whole time. I kind of fed off of the emotion of the games. That's not really what he does. No, I mean, the guy can be, it doesn't matter. He also can be down 35-0, to zero and he's like, we're going to score, and we're going to win the game. doesn't matter how much time's left. I mean, it happened last week again, or two weeks ago against Minnesota. I mean, you're down, your ball's on your six-yard line. you got to go 94 yards. He finds a way to get it done every single time. All right, now, Russ needs one more win to tie Peyton Manning for first place as the NFL's all-time winningest quarterback in a player's first nine seasons with 92. You can't ignore this guy anymore. No. I mean, ninety-two. Listen, it's it's gonna be it's their seventh game or their sixth game. Excuse me. He's gonna win a ton more games. He's gonna blow that one out of the of the water. He needs one more completion to pass Matt Hasselback for first place all time on pass completions list with two thousand five hundred and sixty. I mean, this guy is just doing it all every single week. If you look at our media guide, there is a page dedicated to Russ yes. for what record he's about to break or could break that next week. All right, let's talk about another record he's about to break. And he's three touchdowns to tie Peyton Manning for the most passing touchdowns to open a season in NFL history with 22. Russ is, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say the phrase, but Russ mm-hmm. is in the kitchen and that wrist is working right mm. now. Yes, <laughs> sir. It's working. And it's fun to watch, man, especially seeing where this offense has come from. They come from Marshawn Lynch running the football I'm grinding games out. And to see the evolution of this means that Russell Wilson's put in the work. Scheinheimer trusts him. And Pete Carroll is able to adapt. A lot of guys aren't able to do that. And I always look at Andy Reid, the guy who's been in the game for a minute, just got his first uh, Super Bowl. He's been able to adjust with the times. And side note, I know we're talking about the Hawks and the Cardinals, but Andy Reid was one of the first guys to use the running backs the way they're being used now Mm -hmm. with Westbrook. I know Marshall Falk was one of the pioneers too, but Seeing what Andy Reid does with Westbrook is awesome. So Pete Carroll has shown that he is one of the older guys who was able to adapt and let his, his players flourish. Well, and the thing about it, too, is we, all, we know what Russ can do. We just talked about all his accolades. He's the best player in the NFL right now. The Cardinals present a different challenge, though. These guys are playing pretty good defensively. I mean, they're doing okay in pass defense, on 226 yards per game. But the best thing that they've done this year is – on the scoreboard. They rank number two in the NFL in scoring defense, only allowing 18.7 per game. 18.7. Hawks are putting up about 30. Let's see what they can do. Next matchup, Booter Baker versus everybody. Mm. This dude, I've always respected his game. I've always known he's one of the best out there. But last Monday, 
against the Dallas Cowboys was the first time I said, all right, I'm watching 32. 80% of the snaps. Right. I just want to see how it's working. He's the highest paid safety in the league. We got Jamal Adams over here. How do they compare? And I was impressed. The guy plays with the motor. He plays fast. He plays physical. He is the emotional leader on this Cardinals football team. No question about it. I mean, you mentioned Monday night, seven solo tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, one interception, and the man is everywhere. They, they line him up in so many different places. He'll blitz off the edge with regularity. They'll line him up, you know, on the outside, as a deep third safety, line of scrimmage, at linebacker, he can literally play all over the field, and they just keep you guessing because they're moving all the time defensively, trying to confuse uh, the quarterback and see what covers are in. So they they do a lot of stuff with him, and he's just incredibly special. You know what centers do? They get to the line of scrimmage, they identify the box, and they find the mic. 52's mm-hmm. the mic. Right. They're like, okay, 52's the mic, but there's boot over there. <laughs> Just yes. so y'all know, there's boot over there. And the way he blitzes is like he's getting shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. He's not going in there trying to lay the quarterback down all softly, put a pillow under his head. He's like, look, I'm going to get to this quarterback, and I am going to smack you. What's another matchup, Nas? Well, man, these dudes, once again, you mentioned their receiving core. DeAndre Hopkins, he's a bad man. And let me tell you something. Shaquille Griffin, Quentin Dunbar, Trey Flowers, you guys are going to have your hands full once again. They've mm-hmm. faced so many tough receivers. It feels like almost every week they have someone that is an elite-level wide receiver, and this is no different with Hopkins. You know, 40, 47 receptions already this year, 600 mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns. The man is a technician, a ball hawk, everything in the sense of the word, man. 47 receptions. So you know where he wants to go. And last, he has 47 receptions, and I believe on Monday he had two. Yeah. <laughs> so before <laughs> that, he had 45 receptions. He only had two receptions, but he had one long, I think it was 69, 60-something Something yards. Like that, yeah. um, and like I mentioned, this is one of the fastest receiving cores out there. I've seen El- Isabella get behind Cats, Kurt get behind them, Hopkins get behind them. And then you combine that with Kenyon Drake, who's good in the pass game as well. Uh, these guys are going to have their hands full, but I think they're up for the challenge. I mean, they've seen great receiving cores already. They've right. seen Atlanta get out there. They've been tested. They've been beat up. They've been bruised. But they're playing well at this point. Shaq has a couple picks. Dunbar has a pick. I'm still waiting for that that Quandre Diggs moment. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for it. Why Why not this week? Go ahead and get him, Diggs. Why not this week? And we're not sure where, uh, where Jamal Adams is going to be. He's going to be back at some point. But this secondary, like you said, they're getting more comfortable. I would love to see them continue to play more aggressive and just go out there and play. Like, Quentin Dunbar... You're, you're a technician. Do your thing. Read your keys and go. Break on the football. Take some chances because it's going to be hard to play off on DeAndre Hopkins at eight yards, and they're going to complete balls all day long. So it'll be great to see if those guys can get out there and be aggressive from the start. All right, the next matchup we're looking at is Kenyon Drake versus the Seahawks front seven. Here's a uh, lesson of his 69-yard touchdown run last week. Here's a third and four, two-minute warning. From the uh, Cardinal 31, Murray is under center. Stop the snap, spins, hands off to Draco. Oh, big hole, 35-40, inside the numbers, 50. Chase to the 40, on the numbers, the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. It's a touchdown, untouched, galloping downfield, 69 yards. That was beautiful. What a run. And the Kenyon Drake touchdown run makes it now 37-10. to 10. The Cardinals with 149 to go. Wow. <laughs> the disgust. Right. A 69-yard touchdown run. He has 478 yards and four touchdowns. That 478 is fourth in the NFL. And that's a sneaky 478. Oh, yeah. No one's talking about Kenyon Drake, really. 
No, not at all. I mean, I, honestly, I wasn't really thinking much about him. When when you think of the Cardinals, I think of Kyler Murray. I think of DeAndre Hopkins. I think of what they're doing with the receiving core. And Drake, he's low-key been really good for him once he stepped in, right? So yeah. I looked I looked through all his game logs, and since he was acquired by Arizona last year, the Cardinals are 6-1 when he carries the ball at least 16 times. Now, mm-hmm. that can be misleading because it depends on how the game's going, right? Yep. yep. Uh, if, they're, if they're up, they're going to run the football more. If they're down, they're going to pass it more. But – with that being said, there's some kind of correlation because when he's running the ball at a high clip, they're they're pretty good, hard to stop offensively. They're hard to stop, and he keeps the offense balanced. He allows Kyler Murray to hand the football off and not feel like he has to win the game by himself. It's nice to have a running back who can do a little bit of everything, and he fits that offense perfectly. He's fast. They're not a power offense. They're not going to run a bunch of traps pull a bunch of guards. They're going to hit you with draws. They're going to hit you with zones, outside zone stretches. They're going to try to beat you with their speed. And um, they're dangerous. Simple as that. No, and that's – and you, I love what you hit on right there was balance because Cliff Kingsbury, like we talked about, you think of throwing the ball all – how many times are you going to land back and throw it? When they're balanced, they're a tough team to play. And, and the thing about it is they need to be balanced against the Seahawks mm-hmm. because if you're out there, even if you have a big play um, and you score on a two-play drive – when you're playing the Seahawks, you want number three off the football field. So you yep. need to work on time possession and things like that. So they're going to need to be balanced. Kenyon Drake is, is a good player, and he's going to be really key for them on Sunday. But, Bump, for the Seahawks to get it done, there's a couple things they need to do. It's the path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Path to victory, Kyler Murray, man. It starts with him. We started the show with him. He can't, we can't give up the big play with him, okay? He's a dynamic player. He's definitely going to make plays. He just can't have the big one. He can't have the long run. He can't have the 80-yard touchdown pass. You need to put pressure on the guy, and you just got to contain him, fluster him a little bit. He just can't have the big play over and over again on Sunday. You know, I noticed when Dallas had success containing Murray, it was when they made him step up in the pocket. He wants to get outside the pocket, roll, get east-west. If you can make him step up in the pocket, that will filter him right to guys like Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. I'm with you. Got to contain this guy. Another dude, Kenyon Drake, he needs to be held under 100 yards. Now, the Seahawks got ran on last time we saw him against the Minnesota Vikings, and they're always a solid run team. So you take that with a grain of salt, but they can't have that type of performance again. If Kenyon Drake is allowed to run all over this football team, that is going to loosen up things and allow Kyler Murphy to be comfortable out there. Got to shut down Drake. Absolutely. And like we said, he he makes them a balanced football team. If there's no balance, then the Seahawks can continue to bring more pressure like they have in recent weeks. And like you mentioned, make him step up in the pocket. Good things will happen if you keep him under 100 yards. Hopkins needs to stay under 10 reception. Dude has 47 catches. Come on. He can't, he cannot leave this game with 57 receptions. <laughs> Hold him under 10 and 120 yards. I, I can't believe I missed that. He had that many receptions. That's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. I looked, I had to double check the number. So I wasn't sure if it was right. I was looking back. He had game. We had 14, 10, nine, eight, seven. I mean, the dude is a monster and he just can't, he just can't be that guy. who's just catching the ball every play. You know, it's one of those things where if we're going to play off, we, he can't just be easy money every time because he will add it up and he'll keep the chains moving down the field. So Hopkins is a one of the best receivers in the NFL, bar none. He's going to make some plays, but he can't go nuts. What else they got to do, Nass? 
Just let Russ be Russ, man. I mean, it sounds so easy, right? Anyone can do it. Just <laughs> let Russ be Russ. But honestly, like, they're in such a good flow offensively with how Schottenheimer's calling plays, how things are going. Um, last week, Chris Carson, he only had eight carries, but he had some explosive plays. So I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved, but it's all in the yeah. flow, and it all begins and ends with number three. If you continue to let him do what he's doing, he's leading the best offense in the NFL, and it's, it's going to be an easy day for you. Let Russ work that wrist. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say the phrase. No, no we're not I'm saying no, that wrist. No, no. I'm stirring that thing up. Uh-huh. Also, what they have to do is create turnovers early and often. They did that in spurts with the Minnesota Vikings. I've said this 10 times already. Defense got that game going. Defense got the offense going by creating turnovers. That's what they need to do. That's what they're good at at this point. They're good against the run, and they create turnovers. Be who you've been all season long. You lead the NFL in turnover ratio. You're plus six right now. Uh, the Cardinals are at zero, tied for 17th. So keep doing what you're doing. Force Kyler Murray. He's throwing six interceptions this year. Continue to put that pressure on him. Maybe force a fumble here and there. Get the offense going that way. And then don't don't wait till the end of the game, you know, you yeah, know as they have for most of the year to make that big play. <laughs> Let's start it early. And they got to get off the field on third down. Uh, defensively, offense needs to keep things going on third down, but defense needs to get off the field on third down. Those 14, 15, 16 uh, play drives puts a lot of pressure on this defense. They're gassed. They're tired. Now the offense is on the sideline. They're getting cold. They're losing their rhythm. And the special teams needs to continue to perform. Yep. No one talks about special teams. And it's, it's a it's a kicker missing a field goal or something <laughs> like that. Yep. But They've been balling on special teams so far this year. No question about it. They 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 have a special teams board in the locker room and has all their goals, winning starting field position, turnovers, this and that. They are hitting almost their goal every single week, and that's a credit to Larry Izzo and the coaching staff, and they're giving the Seahawks offense and defense great starting field position. They have to keep that up. And, Bump, here's the deal, man. Let everyone know who runs the NFC West, man. It's Please. been too long since the Seahawks have won this division. They're back on top. Let everybody know this is your division. Let everybody know. Uh, no. Go 6-0. and Let them know. Go 6-0. and That's the phrase of the week. Let's get it. Let them know. Go 6-0. and Just a reminder, guys, to stay current with all the happenings in the Pacific Northwest at MyNorthwest.com. Your source for local news, in-depth analysis, weather, and traffic, and stay connected to all your favorite teams at 710sports.com with in-depth Seahawks coverage all season long. Bump, you said it. Go 6-0, baby. Go 6-0. That was Hawk Talk, the preview edition week seven. The Hawks are going down south to Arizona. Let's go 6-0. Do something you've never done in franchise history. Keep the good times rolling. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Nasa Chobie. We'll talk to y'all soon.